Axis Pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. I'm Dan Mac. On today's show, big tech fills the testing vacuum and Liz Warren's Bill of Rights for essential workers. But first, the next economic crisis. So there has obviously been an enormous amount of attention paid to the economic toll that coronavirus lockdowns have caused individuals and businesses. But the next big trouble spot could be state, county, and local governments. In short, none of them are generating the tax revenue they expected to generate, particularly in areas heavily reliant on sales and tourism taxes. And obviously, income taxes have taken a huge hit, and even property taxes could be affected in terms of commercial and industrial landlords seeking deferrals because they aren't collecting rents from shuttered tenants. All of this is a possible nightmare scenario in which government services, everything from education to sanitation to safety, could be negatively impacted with governments literally running out of money. Remember, local and state governments still have almost all the same expenses they had before the crisis, but plus extra ones now in terms of added unemployment benefits and areas like health care. And most of them are legally required to balance their budgets, unlike the federal government. One solution here could be issuing new general obligation bonds. Now, that's something that's usually difficult to do. Bonds usually you do to build a new school or build a new highway, although it might be made a bit easier via a new Federal Reserve backstop program. The downside here? higher rates, and eventually states and cities would have to pay those. The other more viable solution probably is increased federal bailout money on top of the $150 billion included in the initial CARES Act. But that, putting more money to state and local governments, it's currently in congressional limbo after Democrats unsuccessfully tried to tie it into an expansion of the small business loan program. The bottom line, this is what economic contagion looks like. And like with an actual virus, it can cause exponential damage. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper with Axios reporter Steph Kite. But first, this. There is more news out there than ever before, but these days, it's harder than ever to find it and to know what to trust. Axios AM takes the effort out of getting smart by synthesizing the 10 stories that will drive the day and telling you why they matter. Subscribe at signup.axios.com. And now, back to the Pro Rata Podcast. We're joined now by Axios reporter Steph Kite. So, Steph, let's start with kind of the better and work our way down to the worst. So for states and cities that might not be impacted quite as much by the coronavirus lockdowns, what are some of kind of the characteristics of where they get their monies, the states that are in better shape? You know, the states that are in better shape are the ones that aren't overly reliant on sales taxes or tourism. And states have been putting more money into their rainy day funds that are more prepared for this kind of a situation, more prepared to have extra funds to put towards budget problems. So places that are more reliant on property taxes or even income taxes, although those could also get hit down the road because of the coronavirus economic impacts. But the places that are less reliant on tourism, less reliant on restaurants and other sales tax resources are going to be better off. So let's go to those ones that are both more reliant on sales and tourism taxes or might be particularly getting hard hit on the income tax side because they're high in industries that have lost a particularly high number of jobs. When you started looking at the numbers, give me a couple of states that were particular trouble spots or potential trouble spots. Nevada is certainly one that is a big trouble spot. I mean, of course, you think of Las Vegas and how much that state depends on taxes that are coming from Las Vegas, taxes on restaurants and gambling and everything that goes on in Vegas, they really will be hit hard. They have far fewer people going to visit. Um, Some of the other states are Florida and Louisiana, also states that have big tourism industries and also are really reliant on oil. I spoke to some state officials from Louisiana who just talked about how devastating in particular 
the oil crash is for their revenue for the state and how it really a really bleak picture of what the next few months or even a year would look like. Florida and Louisiana are interesting. You know, we're talking today in a day where kind of huge storms, uh, wind storms, tornadoes are hitting kind of up and down the East Coast. But Florida and Louisiana, and one of the things you write in the story is this idea that these are obviously hurricane states. Hurricane season starts in about a month or two, technically. And in the past, they've been able to rely on whether it be the federal government or other states to come in with supplies, with money to help. Might not be true this time if they get hit. Exactly. That was something that the state officials from Louisiana really stressed to me that they were concerned about, that at the end of this, while they're already suffering, New Orleans is a ghost town, their economic revenue is struggling. But then this idea that they could also be hit by a devastating hurricane this fall could be really, really damaging. And like you pointed out, the coronavirus is impacting everyone everywhere in one way or another. Sure, some states are going to be hit harder than others, but everyone's going to see the impact, which means there aren't going to really be other states who can come to the aid of Louisiana if they were to be hit by a hurricane. And it's something that the lieutenant governor told me that the governor has tasked people to start planning out what would this look like if we got hit with a hurricane and they still had a shelter in place order looking at these worst case scenarios and starting to get prepared for that. Let's assume for a minute that whether it be a city or a state, they, they end up with a major revenue shortfall. And, and obviously they have the problems of fiscal 2020, which ends in June. But then looking forward into 2021, every state is different. But where would we most likely start to see cuts? Because obviously if you have less money coming in and you have to balance your budgets, which most of these states do you know, constitutionally, where will they start to cut? What are the big pots? The one place that everyone that I spoke to mentioned would probably see budget cuts is in K-12 education. It's a big budget for most states, if not the biggest in most states. And of course, when you're dealing with an economic downturn, you're dealing with a healthcare emergency, you're not going to start cutting budgets for healthcare, or social services, or these other programs that are going to be even more necessary. And if anything, they may need more money. So it really comes to K-12, through and that's something that we saw during the Great Recession as well, that those were the budgets that often got cut. Is this, from your perspective, looking at the numbers, and you were crunching the numbers a lot last week, is this worse or potentially worse than what we saw in the Great Recession in terms of tax shortfalls for states and cities? Based on my conversations with people, they are definitely very concerned about this and just the element of this impacting everyone and on every level. And it's not just that they're losing revenue, but they're also going to have to be spending more money on health care and even transportation services for healthcare workers. And so I think the spending element that's necessary to combat the pandemic combined with the loss in tax revenue could make this worse for some states. Axios to Steph Kite, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. My final two right after this. Axios gives you the news and analysis you need to get smarter faster on the most important topics. In our unique smart brevity format, we cover topics from politics to science and media to tech. Subscribe to get smarter faster at signup.axios.com. And now back to the Pro Rata podcast. Now it's time for my final two. And first up are Apple and Google, which on Friday announced a joint project whereby they'll try to use the Bluetooth chips in all of our smartphones to trace the spread of COVID-19. Why it matters is that contact tracing is the way to stop the spread of human to human infectious diseases. But we didn't start doing much of it in the outbreak's early days. And then the government kind of seemed to throw up its hands once things got out of control. Apple and Google are hoping to put that genie back in the bottle via this new joint venture, which would be voluntary with data to be shared with public health authorities. 
In terms of timing, the two companies hope to have apps ready by mid-May and then in the subsequent months, integrate them into phone operating systems, which hopefully would increase usage. And finally today, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and California Congressman Ro Khanna are expected to unveil a, quote, bill of rights for essential workers, everyone from grocery store clerks to food delivery drivers to warehouse packers. Among the proposals are requirements that such workers receive adequate protective gear, notifications if anyone in a facility has tested positive for COVID-19, and greater whistleblower protections. It also would include retroactive hazard pay, universal health care coverage, and paid sick leave. The big but here? Congress right now can't even get agreement on a new funding package for hospitals and small businesses. So this seems to be more about agenda setting than an immediate policy effort. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers and Naomi Shaven, have a great national Scrabble Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata Podcast.